Welcome back to the third episode of In the Life of Conspiracies. And today's topic we're going to be talking about the notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, Junior Mafia, everybody knows him, and Tupac and their deaths and their beef and everything about them. And I'd just like to make it clear, Tupac and Biggie, they did not die at the same time. Tupac died first, and then six months later, Biggie died, and they had some beef. But we'll start from the beginning and how they became friends and then how they became enemies. So Tupac, he was the one that first came into the music industry. Everybody knows Tupac. He's like one of the biggest rappers of the 90s. Um, hit him up like... Everybody knows at least one Tupac song, or you've heard of Tupac, and what happened. But they both died when their, like, rapping careers were starting to get really high up there. Like, they set some high standards. But Tupac, he entered, he got into music and started recording and producing and all that before Biggie. I think it was about two years before Biggie did. And with Tupac's life how he like when he was born and all that and then we'll get into biggies and then the drama and yeah so tupac he was born in the harlem neighborhood of new york city as lazane parish crooks which was his birth name also this is from biography.com i'm not saying any of this so tupac was raised by only his mom his dad wasn't in the picture so they would move around a lot when Tupac was little because obviously they lived in Harlem and a bunch of high crime neighborhoods and I think she wanted her son to have the best opportunity he could have in life. They went to Baltimore, Marin City, and California. And California was where Tupac started again to his love for being in the music industry. First started singing in 1991, which was in his debut album Tupacalypse Now, also released that year. And then back in New York City, we got Christopher Wallace, which was Biggie. He was raised in Brooklyn, and they spent his teen years. He went to a high school, and English was his best subject. But he was dealing drugs in the streets, and he just rapped for fun. He didn't do it for anything. He just did it for him. He just thought it was fun because he liked hearing himself over beats, and it made him feel good about himself. And a demo he had made was put into a source magazine which spotlighted him and then he was uh represented by sean combs sean diddy puff daddy and his first single is party and bullshit and that came out in 1993 so biggie and tupac they met about two years later it's rumored they met at a party but there is a picture of Tupac and Biggie and Puff Daddy performing it on stage of July 23rd, 1993 in New York. So here's when Biggie and Tupac like started to become friends. So Biggie had actually asked Tupac to be his manager to manage his music. And Tupac, he was already a platinum selling artist and Biggie was a huge drug dealer. Biggie asked one of his drug dealer friends when he was dealing introduce him to Tupac at a Los Angeles party, hence what I was saying, and according to the book Original Gangstas, the untold story of Dr. Dre, Easy e Ice Cube, Tupac Shakur, and the birth of West Coast rap by Ben Hestoff, and here's like a quote from it, Pac walks, Pac walks into the kitchen and starts cooking for us, he's in the kitchen cooking some steaks, an intern named Dan Smalls who worked with Biggie recalled off the meeting, we were drinking and smoking and all of a sudden Pac was like, yo, come get it. 
And we get into the kitchen, and he had steaks and french fries and bread and Kool-Aid, and we just sit in there eating and drinking and laughing. It's not like they were best friends, but they respected each other, but, like, they wouldn't get, like, into it. Be like, yo, you hear what happened? Like, they were, they were good. Biggie thought he, everybody thought that he was a dope rapper. And the story reports that Tupac gave Biggie a Hennessy bottle as a gift, and Biggie would crash on Tupac's couch when he was in California, and Tupac would always stop by Biggie's neighborhood when he was in New York. And they were like your average pair of friends. That's just kind of how it worked. And Biggie, he would always, like, turn to Tupac for advice because he wanted Tupac to be his manager. So he'd always ask him, like, he asked him to manage his career, to do what he didn't want to do. But Tupac, he didn't, he didn't, he had, you either had business with him or you had a friendship with him. You couldn't have both. So Tupac told him, nah, stay with Puff, he'll make you a star. And Puff Daddy definitely made him a star. And here's where some of the drama and the beef gets involved. So in 1994, Biggie had a hand in a gun down that Tupac believed. So here we go. So there were some smaller, like, beef things that happened between Tupac and Biggie. But their, like, first big fall happened when they were scheduled to work on a project together for another rapper, Little Sean. And it was in Times Square. So Tupac got there, like, November 30th. And he was going to go upstairs and him where Biggie and Combs were, but instead Tupac was gunned down the lobby and shot five times, according to the New York Times. And he survived the attack, he was fine, but Biggie might have something to do with it. And I think he probably does. But, because even though he didn't make it upstairs to see them right after the incident, Tupac said the crew looked surprised and guilty, but Puffy claimed they showed him nothing but love and concern. Sounds a little bit suspicious to me, but, you know... Tupac joined Death Row Records, the East Coast-West Coast rivalry. This is getting more into the beef and drama between them. There's a movie called Biggie and Tupac, and it goes over everything about Tupac's death and everything about Biggie's death and, like, the similarities and if it was set up, and you know what I mean? Because the film says that Suge Knight um, had Tupac killed before he could part ways with Knight's Death Row Records, and they can find, obviously, that Biggie to divert attention from himself in the Tupac murder. So they think that Suge Knight had it, so Biggie wouldn't be put in place of it. I think how both of them died, it's kind of just both their beef. Like, they had unsolved beef, and it wasn't solved, because Tupac got killed first, and then six months later, Biggie got killed. Obviously, they were from Harlem, so they always resorted to violence, so... It got violent very quickly when they figured out, yo, you talking smack? Like, what I was saying about when Tupac got shot, not when he died, but when he got shot. So Tupac had then found out that Biggie and Puff Daddy were inside the studio when the attack went down. Which then, as I was saying, led him to believe that they were behind all of it. And within days of that happening, Tupac was unable to pay a $3 million bail that was on him. Which led him to being sentenced to a year and a half in prison for sexual abuse. And while in prison, Tupac and Death Row Records leader Suge Knight plotted to bring down Bad Boy Records, Puff's label to which Biggie was signed. What I was saying, which is involved in the movie. When Tupac was in jail, Biggie released a song that everyone's Who Shot Ya? Which was probably a diss to Tupac, but Tupac also made a song called Hit Him Up. And if you listen to the lyrics, he's Definitely talking about Big E 
But Biggie denied that it wasn't about Tupac and that the song was just written before the shooting. But like Tupac took it as a di- as a direct attack. And I mean, I would. I mean, if that were me, I probably would as well. If I was in jail and I figured out the guy who I was in beef with made a song called "Who Shot Ya," and Biggie trying to like resolve it, being like, "No, I didn't do it," and all that. Tupac, he was in the right. He didn't believe him, and he refused to believe anything less than his East Coast rival, which was again. Biggie, so he was secretly plotting against him, but they were unresolved, and Tupac was shot and killed in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas on September 7th, 1996. And less than a year later, six months later, Biggie was shot and killed in a drive-by attack in Los Angeles. And no, they don't know what truly happened. They have quite a few things that happened. They both got shot. Uh, Tupac, from 11 to 11.05... They, him and Suge Knight, they were halted by officers on the Las Vegas Boulevard to the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. And it was because they were playing the car stereo too loudly and they w- didn't have any license plates. And the license plates were found in the trunk of Suge Knight's car. So they're on their way to this party, Suge and Tupac, and then at 11.15 p.m., a white four-door late model Cadillac pulled up to the right side of their car. There's like a model of this that I saw the other day. And then the white Cadillac pulls up, puts down his back window, shoots in, and he just rapidly shoots shots. And it was a 40 Glock 22, I think. Yeah, 40 Glock 22. And they just kept on shooting at, at Tupac's car. And then he was hit four times. He got hit twice in the chest, once in the arm, and then one in the thigh. And then one of the bullets went into his right lung. And Suge, he was he hit his head by fragmentation. But that was it. But I feel, I don't know. It's just, it's a little suspicious to me. Like, this case is never going to be solved. Like, a year after Tupac's death, they did an interview with Suge Knight. And they were talking about, like, what happened. And he said he did not know who had shot Tupac but would never tell officers if he did. So he could know because what it's been, it's been over 10 years since then. So he might know who did it, but he's not going to tell anybody. And then with Big E, so obviously he was shot six months later. And there's like so many rumors that like they're both of their murders were connected because of the beef that they had and all of that. But I mean, there's no like connection but there was reports that biggie promised the Southside crips one million dollars to murder tupac and supplied the gun used and according to one of the guys that was a part of the Southside crips the crips began planning the murder after seeing anderson's wounds and already having connections to wallace which was biggie and being aware of his rivalry with Tupac. Biggie claimed that one of the Crips already supplied them because he wanted the satisfaction of knowing the fatal bullet came from his gun. So Biggie denied playing a role in the murder and then all that, but it seems a little suspicious to me that he made a whole bet with the Crips. Like, but with Tupac's murder, I mean, oh my God. With Biggie's murder, I mean, it was kind of, it wasn't really the same. But it was both, like, the same setup. So, it was March 9th, 1997, at 12.30 in the morning. And 
Biggie had left with his two entourages in a Chevrolet Suburban because they were going to attend an after party at Steve Stew's house in the Hollywood Hills. And prior to leaving, uh, the Los Angeles Spying Department had closed the party because of smoking and loud music. So Biggie traveled into the front seat with his associates, Junior Mafia, Lil C's, and the driver, G-Money. There was a security car in front of them. It was the main car that had Junior Mafia, Biggie, G-Money, Sean Combs, all of them, Lil C's, all of them. There was a car in the back that also had security. So some of them like went to the security car, some of them stayed in the middle. The two that stayed in the middle was Lil Cease and Big E. And it was 12.45, and the streets were crowded with people from leaving places because it was Los Angeles at so 12.45. Big E had stopped. They had stopped at a red light. And then just 50 yards away, about two minutes later, they were like taking a corner. And it was a dark-colored 1994-1996 Chevrolet Impala SS pulled up alongside the Suburban. And the driver, they they know what he looked like, but I don't know who does. The driver was a black male, and then they rolled down his window and drew a 9mm blue steel pistol and fired at the SUV. Four of them hit Big E, and then his entourage had rushed him to the medical center. And they tried to get up, and then they performed a surgery and all that. And then he was pronounced dead at 1.15 in the morning at the age of 24. So his autopsy report was released to the public in 2012, which was 15 years after his death. And three of the four shots were not fatal. The first bullet had hit him in his left forearm and traveled down to his wrist. The second hit him in the back, missing all vital organs, and exited through his left shoulder. The third, his left thigh, exited through his inner thigh. And the report said that the third bullet struck the left side of the scrotum, causing a very shallow 3 eighths and 10 millimeters linear laceration. And the fourth photo was fatal, entering through his right hip and striking severe vital organs, including the colon, liver, and heart, and the upper lobe of his left lung before it stopped into his left shoulder. Okay, so for both murders, nobody was ever charged. That is also the other thing. Nobody had ever been charged. They investigated it for so long, but nobody ever actually got charged. Yeah, that's going to be everything for this episode about Tupac and Biggie's very weird beef and drama and their deaths and how yeah how it could all be lined up but thank you for tuning in and watching and i'll see you next time